Hey everyone, this is Sophia. I'm Hannah. And I'm Christina. Welcome to Off-Campus Chats, where we talk to different off-campus people in efforts to connect Northeastern students with their surrounding neighborhoods. A little bit about us, we are community ambassadors for the Northeastern Off-Campus Housing and Support Services Office. When we aren't advising students in the office, we are finding new ways to connect Northeastern students to their off-campus communities. In this series, we'll feature some interesting speakers from different Boston communities. Our goal is to introduce them to all of you and showcase some interesting experiences and perspectives from the Boston community. Okay, so welcome, Tim, to the podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I just wanted to get started, and all of our interviews would be getting started by asking the question, what does community mean to you? Yeah, I think that's a great first question to ask in this podcast series. I am really excited to be here and talk to you about community and the way that I work with community. Um, I think community is really personal, right? Everyone has a different relationship to community and how they conceive it and how they operate it within it. When I think about community, I think of it in two different ways. I think of physical community. Where are we physically located? What is our city, our neighborhood, or our campus maybe? And I think of community as people. Um, that's family, that's friends, that's people who show up and support you, that's people you show up to support. Sometimes those are connected, right? Sometimes the physical and the people are in the same space and sometimes they're not. And I think we're learning even more nowadays that um, community can be physical, but can also be remote and we can have community all over the world um, that supports us. Great, okay. So that actually brings me into my next question, which is what exactly do you do at Northeastern? What is my role at Northeastern? I am the Assistant Director of Community Service Programs in the Office of City and Community Engagement. It's a lot of words to say that I oversee the development and implementation of community service and volunteer programs and initiatives. So I run programs, events, and I connect students and faculty and staff to volunteer opportunities with local nonprofits in Boston, as well as some in um, around the US and Latin America. A lot of stuff. I feel like <laughs> I, there's a lot to digest but it all sounds amazing. Do you have like, was there like a specific thing that led you to this job? Have you always had a past with volunteering or was it something that kind of spontaneously came about? Yeah, I, I volunteered on and off as a, as a child and through, through high school, but what really sort of set off my, set me off on this career path was I, I was um, involved in community service and engagement in college. I was part mm -hmm. of a, a program called the Bonner Scholars Program, and it takes um, it provides an opportunity for low-income students to be involved in leadership programs that meet, um, combine service and leadership programming. But I also got to go to college in my hometown, and so I got to experience that in my home community, right? So I got to see the um, the good things and also the tension that exists between a college and a community. Um, but I really got to be involved in creating opportunities to connect both of those entities, to connect students, to connect physical space on campus, to connect faculty with opportunities uh, to support the community, to meet goals and, and uh, visions that the community had for its own growth and development. And how do you connect and add those resources? So I, I was really um, engaged in being part of that process. Um, and it took me to moving here to Boston seven years ago, where I joined a national service program called AmeriCorps VISTA, and I served at Simmons College down the road. Oh, wow. Yeah, super close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it was funny. I, I worked right over there, and I didn't really know much about Northeastern until I really got my job here a few years ago. Oh, that's but, so funny. Um, we have a lot of overlapping partners and, um, uh, and interests, too, because we're so, such close entities. 
Um, so I worked at Simmons um, working with student leaders who ran after school programs in Boston public schools and community centers. Um, and so okay. that has just sort of taken me on this career path where I've worked with colleges and universities and communities to create programs and, and connect those two entities for mutual benefit in a way. Wow, that's amazing. So it's like from the start, I, I like how you mentioned that since you lived, I guess, within an environment that kind of like let you start in volunteering, it was kind of like a no brainer, I guess, that like yeah. that's where you'd go. It was funny, I, I actually majored in geology, so I studied <laughs> in college, um, but I was involved in service that allowed me to explore different ways that I wanted to think about my life, right? So I actually worked at a local uh, historical society because I thought maybe I would work in a museum working in natural history, but at a museum. So the local historical society, I volunteered as a collections assistant and a tour guide um, in college. Oh. And that helped me explore some different interests in my life. But, That's so um, also, interesting. Yeah, and also connect to the history of my community, which was really important to me. Um, but when I got to the end of college, I sort of realized that geology wasn't, wasn't it for me and that this mm -hmm. community service and engagement experience that I had was so important. And I wanted to continue to provide that opportunity to students in some way, which okay. led me to what I do today. Do you feel like that might have been because maybe it was like you felt like you connected so much with people as opposed to like rocks? You know what I mean? Like you could feel like more of that, I don't know, I guess, feedback. You could, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that they're disconnected. I think that um, there's there's things that I learned in, in geology that helped me understand how I can approach community, right? I think there's systems at play, um, seeing a big picture and, um, and like small granular things, you think really the grain level mm -hmm. difference in, in how, how you approach approach something and how, um, yeah. when something changes, you know, in a system, it'll interact in a different way. So when something changes the college, um, when someone leaves the community who's been an integral part of community engagement, that can change how the college operates. When, when um, an organization no longer exists in the community, that changes the way the relationship happens. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's overlap, but um, yeah, I, I think I joke, I joke that I basically majored in the Bonner Scholars program and I just sort of happened to be a geology major because I spent so mm -hmm. much time and effort focused on, on the community engagement side of things in college. Oh, nice. That's very metaphorical. It's like all encompassing, full circle. Exactly. That's nice. Um, so I feel like you seem very passionate about, you know, what you do. You, mm -hmm. you know, connecting with people, with your community, all that kind of stuff. Um, what is probably the biggest contributing factor to this passion, would you say? Would you, do you think it's, you know, the people? Would you say it's kind of the end result? I think it's making connections for me. I think mm -hmm. it's, it's connecting, it's seeing the resources on one side and it's seeing the opportunity on the you know community side. I think we operate with a very um, asset-based approach. So we don't look mm -hmm. at the deficits. We don't say like the community doesn't have any, you know, these resources. It's that how can we use the resources? How can we harness the resources of the, of the university and match them with the goals and the missions and the, the outcomes that the community is hoping to see, right? So I think being that kind of connector in the middle is what really drives me. It's, it's providing a platform for students to be able to do this kind of engagement and providing a, a connection for organizations to receive that kind of support. I think it's really what gives me that, that um, sort of passion and drive. That's so nice. Do you think there's one like specific moment in particular that you can like kind of draw out of your memory that might have been an example of that or is it just kind of in general? 
I think it's in general. I think um, there's different avenues. It happens in so many different ways that it's hard to pinpoint just one, right? Like we have a weekly email that comes in that people will say, I just mm -hmm. need volunteers for this park cleanup. Um, we'll put that in there and, you know, folks will sign up when they see it. Um, it's it's having a conversation with an organization that hasn't connected with Northeastern before and just says, we want to know more and and have, how can we get connected? And then it's thinking, you know, maybe maybe they're not really going to work with one of the programs that I oversee, but maybe they'll work with service learning because of the, the need that they're identified, right? Mm -hmm. So we might be able to do that with faculty and student students and classes. Oh, so okay. In many ways. Interested in getting involved in your community? Think about joining Voice and Justice. Once a month, community members gather to discuss the past, present, and future of social justice. Special guests guide us as we navigate difficult topics. Learn more at FenwayCommunityCenter.org. Okay, so before we move on, I know you have some questions for me. So I prepared just a couple trivia slash factoid kind of questions. Oh, um, first one is, <laughs> can you name the four neighborhoods that Boston's, um, Northeastern's Boston campus is embedded within? Oh my God, if I don't do this right, I'm gonna be so embarrassed. Okay, so the four neighborhoods. So the four neighborhoods that surround Northeastern basically. Mm -hmm. So would that be like Roxbury or no, right? Okay, Roxbury. Um, Fenway, which is where I live, so that would have been sad if I hadn't gotten that one. Um, there's like south, the south end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. South end. One more. And then it's up kind of high. There's a big church. Oh God. Um, <laughs> downtown. Mission Hill. Mission Hill. Oh my God, that was so bad. Okay. That's okay. No, so these are the four neighborhoods that surround our campus, um, right? And so it's where a lot of our students live and it's where we, we focus a lot of our service energy and attention on the neighborhoods, but that's not where we limit our work, right? So our work um, encompasses all of the neighborhoods in the city in, in various ways. So um, it's not just limited, but we do um, have a very um, connected relationship with these communities. Okay. So um, can you name the community-based organization where Northeastern held its first classes? That held its first classes ever like like back when northeastern started oh geez i have no idea this is just making me look bad i feel like <laughs> i do nothing northeastern was founded in the fall of 1898 as mm -hmm. the institute for young men and those classes took place in the huntington ymca oh really oh my god yep. and it's still there jeez okay good yeah. for them we operate so we have some space our one of our offices is in that in that building oh okay i would never have guessed that that is just the most random building okay and then this one is is a little bit harder but i also think it's really cool mm -hmm. um, so can you name one of the boston-based organizations founded by a northeastern alum oh shoot i'm I, like the funny thing is i'm trying to think of alums the only northeastern alum i know is wendy williams <laughs> and that's just because she's the most interesting alum <laughs> is not the um, founder of any of the nonprofits, <laughs> yeah. but maybe, maybe she's in there somewhere. Um, so there's, there might be more, but um, I have three. So About Fresh was founded um, by a Northeastern alum and it provides really? access to healthy and fresh foods um, to low-income neighborhoods. Fenway Health was also uh, founded by okay. Northeastern alums, provides access to health services for LGBTQIA people. And then Roundtable uh, provides adolescents and families in Boston support and works towards substance abuse prevention. Okay, that's interesting. I actually live right behind Fenway Health. Oh, nice. So that's great. Love them so much. Yeah, I've been thinking about switching over to them for a while. They sound like an amazing health facility. They are, they are. 
Thank you. That was very educational. I hope everyone learns from that, honestly, because I don't think many students would know any of those. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're small factoids, but I think that there's there's history within our, our campus, right, being situated in, in those four neighborhoods, being um, going from being that evening class you know, school to being a global university. There's a lot of history that's encompassed there, and Boston is our history. We are we are in it. Yeah. Um, archives actually do, has, has a lot of great information on how Boston and Northeastern have, have gone through some of the, like, the different eras and social movements. And that's good. I think a lot of students can sometimes forget that, yeah, we are in a campus, right? But we exist within something that has been running since forever. And like, we need to do our best to involve ourselves in it. We can't just be within the confines of our like residence halls. I think that would kind of limit our opportunity. Moving on. So I want to start a little bit more of a conversation about um, kind of service itself, um, the aspects that you encounter with students, the kind of process that goes behind it. Um, but I guess before we go into any of that, the most basic question would be to ask, what does service even mean? What does service mean? It's a big question, um, but I'll try and I'll, I'll do my best. So I think service is finding opportunities to be actively engaged and involved in the communities that you're a part of, right? Mm -hmm. You define what that means, right? We talked about at the top of the show, what is community? It is very personal. It means mm -hmm. something different to everyone. But what I think about when I think about community and service, um, when folks are in college, they often think of their college community as temporary, that they're kind of passive residents, that they're only there for a few years. But I would challenge folks to really think about the neighborhood or the city or community that they are in for college to think about it as their home for four mm. or five years or more right and think about the ways that you want to contribute to that how how is this going to be your community and not just a temporary space that you're occupying i also think of community sorry as service a service as um using your skills and your time and your experience to support the mission and goals of organizations and communities how can you how can you provide that that knowledge and time you have to, to help folks meet those goals and I also think about connecting with your neighbors and members of the community as, as a whole in the spaces where you, you reside as being service. That's great. And that's like kind of the whole point of this podcast, because what we're trying to do is connect all these students who are listening to just something beyond Northeastern, right? Um, even though you are within a Northeastern organization, I feel like you are so interconnected with the outside world that I think just like this in itself, I think is a great learning opportunity for everyone. Um, yeah. It's easy to get sort of stuck in that in that northeastern space, right? You're going to class, you live in your apartment, but your community, you know, the, the Boston community is right on your doorstep. Um, and most, a lot of colleges don't have that, that same level of integration and closeness mm -hmm. and, and um, immersion in, in the communities, right? A lot of colleges are sort of off to the side, off, you know, gated. Um, yeah. Um, so it, it doesn't take a lot to get out and to explore and immerse yourself in, in the Boston community, but you have to do it. You have to decide that you want to do it. Yeah, exactly. And I think also because of COVID and everything going on right now, it's so hard to even leave your own apartment. I know for me, like I'm just sitting here doing work kind of day after day and you forget that there's a park like right over there because mm -hmm. like, I'm in Fenway. The fence is always there. Like there's so many things that we could be doing and it just sucks that it's getting cold, we can't go outside, like there's just so many factors that I think are even increasing that limitation even further than what it was like before. But I think hopefully with our efforts, with you know, like the different organizations that Northeastern's a part of, we're trying as much as we can through social media and other means, so like virtual events to make sure that people still 
do what they're supposed to be doing. Like for um, my office specifically, we do a breakfast club, which I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's like our volunteering opportunity where we have students go to different neighborhoods like Fenway and Mission Hill, pick up trash, make everything nice and clean, especially on Sundays, which is like basically the dirtiest like day we find like the most trash, um, not surprisingly. But um, it's been, it was hard because in the beginning we couldn't, like in the beginning of COVID, we couldn't continue it because it was so much like high congestion of people working together. And then we figured out that we're just going to have roommates do it. And that kind of removed that issue. So we're, we brought it back and luckily people are still doing it and they're still enjoying it, especially since the weather is still nice outside. So it's been really good. I think that's a great, I think there's so many creative ways, you know, as much as we're longing for community and to mm -hmm. be in community and be within our, within our city in a way that we have felt disconnected from, there's so many creative solutions that I think, you know, I think that's a great one, you know, go with a roommate or go someone who's already in that, you know, quote unquote bubble with you, mm -hmm. uh, you can volunteer with. Um, Similarly, as much as I mean, we're on Zoom a lot, there's been so many great efforts to bring community into your home, right? There's so many different programs and opportunities that to join lessons, to join um, concerts, to, to do those things. And those exist within Boston too. Um, even similarly, we can talk about this in a minute, but you know, volunteer opportunities have gone virtual. There's a lot of virtual yeah. volunteering that can be done um, if you don't feel comfortable or safe, or there are no, there isn't a space for you to volunteer in person. You can't do it from your home. That's great. And I think we'll get more into those options towards the end. Are you interested in learning more about Boston-based authors? Boston-based books meets monthly to discuss Boston-based authors, books, and the like. The next meeting will be Monday, November 16th, 6.30 to 8 p.m. And the title will be The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. For more information and to join the club, please check out the Instagram page at Boston Baked Books and email Camille at camille.outlook.com. Interested in getting involved in your community? Think about joining Voice and Justice. Once a month, community members gather to discuss the past, present, and future of social justice. Special guests guide us as we navigate difficult topics. Learn more at FenwayCommunityCenter.org. Oh, freedom. Join members of the Fenway Community Center for a monthly meeting as they explore the history of the United States from a new perspective, beginning with the lives of indigenous people who established cultures and civilizations long before Europeans reached this land. Learn more at FenwayCommunityCenter.org. Leash Dog Care is a small local dog walking and pet sitting business based in West Roxbury. They are dedicated to providing all animals with love and care and help organize puppy playgroups where dogs can socialize and have fun. For more information on prices availability, visit leashdogcare.com. Fenway Civic Association is an all-volunteer organization formed in 1961. They work to conduct neighborhood cleanups, perform licensing reviews, sit on development advisory boards, and community advocacy groups, all with the mission for a vital, livable neighborhood. To join or learn more, please visit www.fenwaycivic.org. Interested in getting involved in your community? Students can visit Fenway Community Center to learn more about fun events happening in the Fenway area. Check out their website at communitycenter.org to see some amazing events to join. Want to join a local arts and crafts club? Students and community members can explore the elements of art with paints and markers, beat a backpack buddy, or try hand lettering. Free materials will include everything you need for our projects. Learn more at FenwayCommunityCenter.org. I think that for me personally, the, the Fenway volunteering that I do, the Breakfast Club, is one of the main 
ways of volunteering that I've done. I think one of, just to kind of bring up examples of, I guess, what like one student me has done. Um, I've also volunteered in like a hospital, which I think is just like a group, like such a different, like you, you know, like there's so many different types of volunteering that people can do. Um, and I personally think that that has been like my main source of volunteering, which is sad because I, I would love to do more, but I think we get so caught up in co-op and getting paid and just like, where does our income come in? And it's difficult because, you know, volunteering can be seen as something that might be like, uh, not a luxury, but it's definitely, it's an opportunity that's based off of people's economic backgrounds, right? So it's like, if you don't even have the grounds to support yourself, how are you gonna support other people? Um, I think, like, do you think you have an input on that and, like, what that might entail as well? Yeah, I think um, I mentioned the, the program that I was uh, in, in college, right? It was mm -hmm. a scholarship program that, that blended service and leadership. And, you know, the, that was a community of low-income students at a college. Um, and we likely would not have been able to volunteer, at least not in the same way or the, the amount that we did, right? We did 10 hours of service a week, about 120 hours a, a year, mm -hmm. um, if we had not been able to have some form of financial compensation, right? Um, and again, that was scholarships, so it was, it was put to education. Um, but I, I think, you know, that's that's a really good point. And scholarship, uh, sorry, service is in and of itself a privilege, being able to have the time mm -hmm. to be able to provide service. But I think there are opportunities that exist that, you know, you can engage, you know, I think there's there's a couple things, right? You can you can do service when you're in co-op, right? You can find volunteer opportunities that that you can do that are on the weekend or or when mm -hmm. you're not doing service. So you might be able to make that income and then volunteer. There's also opportunities to connect service to um, classes. So if you think that you know volunteering outside of the academic week um, work is too much, you can take a service learning class if, if you really think that you want to get engaged in service and that is part you're getting credit for that. Um, and you're engaging at the same time. And so I think that's another, there are other opportunities that exist. And, you know, I also think that some organizations provide stipends or, you know, internships as well, you know, hour, a couple hours a week to do some social media work. Um, and they do, they have um, compensation with some of those because mm -hmm. of the commitment and the time and the, and the, the results that they would like to see. And I think that just because you're being compensated doesn't mean it's still not service to the community. I think um, we have to take our own time in, into account there. So I think volunteering is a little bit more, it's giving up your, you know, using your time yeah. to provide to a partner, but service doesn't necessarily have to be uncompensated. That's you a good get, point, yeah. You can get stipends, you can get, you know, maybe a gift card, you know, there's, there's ways mm -hmm. that, that you can still engage and not necessarily go without um, some sort of support. That's interesting because I feel like that's so true. Whenever I think of volunteering, the first thing I think of is like for free. That's so not true that like, yeah, your time is is such a big factor and your efforts and your skills. That's something that you're giving up. It's not just about like the money that might not be present. Right. Yeah. Let's say hypothetically, like I've never been in a volunteering situation. I've never like, but I really want to, I guess. Um, what is like the first step that I should take as a student to yeah. volunteer? Yeah, so stepping back is the first step. Step back and really think about what your values are. What are mm -hmm. you passionate about and where do you want to spend your time? Um, Boston has so many opportunities. There's so many organizations and nonprofits that exist within our city. Um, it's great for, for us in order to think about how we can get engaged, right? There's so many different ways. But what organizations are really looking for, they're looking for reliable, consistent, and dedicated volunteers. They want people that are going to show up and be productive and be um, 
effective. And so being able to, to step back and say, what are my values? Where do I put my energy? Finding organizations that align with those values and your passions will motivate you to, to show up and engage and be a good volunteer for an organization. I think within that, once you've done that, stepping back and thinking, okay, like I'm really passionate about the environment. Maybe I'm really passionate about um, education technology, technology education in schools. Mm-hmm. There, you can then start searching for different organizations that kind of meet those um, those areas that you're interested in. So you can go on their websites, look at their mission, look at their values, look at how they deliver their programs. What what are the volunteer opportunities? Is that something you can see yourself in? Is that something you can see yourself showing up to every week or even just once? Um, and what are the requirements? So some organizations would like year-long volunteers because the work with youth is so, um, work with youth is, is there's consistency that's needed, right? They've, they're looking for consistent, mm-hmm. reliable volunteers that will be there for an entire year. Um, maybe you can't make that. That's okay. There's other opportunities. So look at the requirements and can you, can you meet those? It's a lot of steps, but I think that that's totally worth it because I feel like the whole point of it, right, is to like, I guess, tailor your needs their needs, put them together, mm-hmm. um, come up with like a good solution. So in your experience with Northeastern students, anyone interested in applying, like, you know, anyone else who is a volunteer in general, have you found that there's specific, like other than what we mentioned about financial background, is there anything you found that keeps people from volunteering? Yeah, so I think one of the first things is, you know, as I mentioned, we are fortunate in that we live in such a big city that has so many different resources and supports for its community that we can plug into, right? But that's also overwhelming. There's a lot yeah. there to sift through. And so I think um, taking a step back, like I just said, and evaluating your values and narrowing down those opportunities, right? What do you, where do you really want to spend your time, I think, can help you kind of narrow down and, and feel less overwhelmed because, you know, you think, oh, there's 100 organizations. Well, actually, what you're interested in, there's only 20. Well, let's look at those. Do you actually have the time to commit to five of them? No. Okay. So just pare it down, pare it down and, until you find something that really works and makes sense for you. I think that there's discomfort in the unknown, right? I think people uh, might not have a lot of experience volunteering before they got to college. Maybe they've never volunteered in Boston. Um, Find a friend who's volunteered before or make a friend and say, let's go volunteer somewhere um, and try out volunteering at a new new place with someone else. Um, You know, they can help you find your way um, and get set up and and get get working with an organization or join one of our events that we do. We do an annual day of service. If, if, you know, getting over that hurdle of getting out into the community and and working with an organization is something you need support on, you know, we have different ways to do that in our office. Um, Yeah, I think that's true because when I, um, before I started volunteering at a hospital, I was so scared because it's not it wasn't just the fact that it was the environment of a hospital you know and i was working with patients it was everything else like all of my responsibilities being in a new environment having to deal with i don't know like being in a position i'd never been in before was really scary it's just like a such a different experience and i think that you're right it helped a lot when people started joining me it wasn't just me it, it didn't feel so heavy anymore it didn't feel like as like as much pressure yeah, and I think that um, you know, if you're if you're volunteering, if, a, if an organization has said we want you to volunteer with us, they want to see you succeed, mm-hmm. uh, and and you want to succeed. And I think you know, creating that space and that network when you get there is really important. So being able to ask, feel confident in asking questions and what you should be doing and and how to do it, you know, and not trying to um, not trying to assume you know how to do everything because you you know it's it's mm-hmm. a new experience. Um, and then connecting with other volunteers, whether it's someone that you know from Northeastern or someone from another school or just a, a you know a community member who also volunteers there, making those connections can really help you feel more comfortable and, you know, again, build that network and expand that community, creating a new community for yourself. 
or becoming a part of your program. <laughs> exactly. That would help. And the last thing that often comes up, which is probably no surprise, is time. Folks mm -hmm. don't feel like they see uh, how community service can fit into their schedules. And I think based on a lot of the conversation we already had, there's so many different ways to get involved and connected. It can really fit um, if you want it to. So maybe you have a Thursday off, you know, you don't have class, you don't have, have work. Um, what organizations exist that, that have Thursday shifts? Or maybe your schedule is so packed that you don't have time during the week, or you can't think about doing another thing during the week. There's a lot of Saturday and Sunday opportunities like Breakfast Club, um, you know, community servings and, and cradles to crayons have Saturday shifts regularly. So there are ways to volunteer on the weekends if your week just isn't, isn't open. Yeah, uh, and I never thought of them as in shifts. That's mm -hmm. like, I always think of volunteering as just a monthly, you know, thing, but that's true. Mm -hmm. There's shifts, just like a lot of other jobs that make, make it easier. Yeah, I think and some organizations conceptualize it differently. If you're just volunteering for a day in an event, it's a little bit less of a shift and it's more of, you know, a couple hours on, yeah. on a Saturday at a 5K. Some organizations like Cradles to Crayons or uh, Community Servings, they're, they're kind of volunteer machines, right? They're, their entire operations are based on volunteers and they do treat it like shifts, right? We need 20 volunteers from this yeah. time to on Saturday to reach our goals. Um, and, and you can also, you know, conceptualize that in that way too. That's true. I think... Um... I personally would benefit a lot with shift work. I think a lot of students would too, because I think, yeah, in college, you're just so, like, so much work. You have an on-campus job. You have three classes, a lab, whatever else, and then you still want to do something for your neighborhood. And what, like, better way to do that than just pick up one day where it's a couple of hours, and then you can help out as much as you can. That's something so great. So I guess closing in a little bit and on um, on our discussion, I just wanted to kind of bring up like out of all of our conversation, like after everything we've mentioned, what do you think is like the biggest piece of advice you would give for someone that is interested in volunteering? Maybe something that like you'd never think of or like, I don't know, just something maybe we haven't talked about yet. I think Honestly, it, it sounds pretty basic, but really just you need to do it. Take the leap and, and find something that works for you um, and maybe find something that, you know, as much as you want to evaluate your um, your passions and skills, but maybe find something that's uncomfortable that doesn't seem like something you would have done before and challenge yourself to think outside of uh, uh, your comfort zone and what you know um, to really learn about something new, whether that's, you know, a different organization or a different type of um, service or a different neighborhood that you've never worked in. You know, it doesn't really take that long to get very many places in Boston. It, it seems like the T sometimes takes forever, but, you know, within 30 minutes, you can be in a completely different space that you may not have worked in before and um, taking the time to really learn those spaces. I think one of the really cool things about doing that too is, if you go outside of your your day-to-day you work with an organization, you get to understand the, how they operate in a neighborhood or community. You also start to learn about the other assets that are available there, right? There's library space, there's um, restaurants, there's local, locally owned restaurants and shops that, that you can explore and, and tell your friends about and, and kind of open up their eyes to some of the other things that aren't just service related, but are available um, and accessible to them and, and provide support to our communities in other ways that aren't just um, about providing community service, but you know, really investing in our, in our businesses and our community. I agree totally yeah like taking the initiative going for it I think that gets rid of that roadblock yeah mm -hmm. 
Leash Dog Care is a small local dog walking and pet sitting business based in West Roxbury. They are dedicated to providing all animals with love and care and help organize puppy playgroups where dogs can socialize and have fun. For more information on prices availability, visit leashdogcare.com. Before we officially end, I want to ask more about your program specifically. So how can students connect with your office? What does your office offer Northeastern students specifically? You know, my office provides a few different resources. So we have a weekly volunteer digest that connects ongoing um, opportunities to students. So once a week, we send out an email. I know it's another email, but it provides um, new and upcoming opportunities that you can engage with. And there's everything from one-time events to weekly service. And then we also have a directory that we launched this fall um, in light of not being able to do a volunteer fair that has over 30 um, nonprofits featured in it. And you can sort of search through those profiles and see, you know, what are they looking for? What do they do and how do they do it? So um, when I, when I looked at your questions, it said, what, what is our program? What do they provide specifically? And one of the things that I think they provide is, is supporting guidance, right? It, it helps you make that step into getting involved in service. Mm-hmm. Um, we not only provide opportunities for you to volunteer. So we do all of the, the logistical work of getting all the partnerships set up and, and getting you engaged and helping orient you to the service, but we also provide opportunities for students to learn to reflect and engage with their peers in addition to the, the weekly or regular service they might be doing. So within our office, we run a lot of different programs, and I'll mention them a little bit throughout the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just a lot of different ways to approach service, and we don't do everything because we're only an office of you know 20 people. But we we try to provide a diverse range of things people can engage in. So we have a year-long program called Jumpstart that works specifically with preschool-aged children. So it's working with literacy um, and education for preschoolers. We have a program that starts in the first year and goes through the four-year experience in Northeastern. Um, called the Alliance of Civically Civically Engaged Students, where you are part of a community that is dedicated to weekly service and civic learning. So you pair both of those things together to be more effective and more critical volunteers. You had mentioned the shift-based work. Um, maybe you're only on semester uh, on campus for a semester because you have co-op. You just finished co-op and you're going on study abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, the community volunteers program provides uh, weekly volunteer service opportunities. So you're volunteering at the same time, at the same place, with the same organization, once a week for the semester, just a semester. And then, as I, I said several times, um, we have a service learning uh, program which combines your coursework with a community-based organization uh, to meet uh, the outcomes of the course. So the faculty member is designing the course with the idea that engagement is going to be a critical component of your learning outcomes. And then we also have opportunities that are one week that are you know, during spring break where you leave campus and you go to a completely different community. We have trips across the US and Latin America where you engage with a new community focused on one um, critical social issue um, with a team of volunteers uh, from Northeastern. And you travel together, serve together, and learn throughout the week how that community approaches that social issue. I think one of our one thing that our offices have in common is that so many students don't know about us. I think you mentioned all of these opportunities that students have through your office and I'm like, wow, I like it's insane that more people don't do it. But then I realize, oh my God, like people think the same thing about off campus housing. Like people have no idea that our offices just like even exist. I'm really glad that we were able to kind of promote your resources just Um, I guess opening the conversation, spreading the awareness so that people know that you guys are the perfect people to go to if they had any of those questions, any of those interests. Before you go, I always like to ask, and on this podcast we like to ask, what is an organization or even just a person that you want to kind of plug in for the end of this interview? Someone who you think just like deserves the spotlight so that students can check them out or anything like that? 
Yeah, so I actually mentioned um, in the, the trivia questions, um, mm -hmm. that Roundtable was founded by a Northeastern alum, um, George Brenner is that alum, and he actually had a News at Northeastern feature in the last couple of um, weeks, no, it was months, a few months ago. Mm -hmm. um, George has, he's a, an alum of Northeastern and he's founded this organization and we work with him regularly, both in our ACES program, our service learning program, and some of our other sort of service day things. Um, I think the work he does with this community is really great. And there's um, ways to, to learn more about that, not only through their website, but through the News of Northeastern feature. And thank you so much for joining me today. I think this was a great conversation about, you know, something that happens so frequently, but people don't really take the time to think about that much, I feel like, you know, they just kind of do it and they don't really think about the ins and outs of it. Thank you for having me. It was really great to be here. I love the connection we have with off-campus student services um, a lot. We, we work together, we co-support each other. As you said, it's hard to find mm -hmm. some of these resources and students kind of, they find like the piece of work that we do, but they don't yeah. connect to who we are and, and what we do. Um, so I, I do appreciate the, the time and the space um, to record this podcast with you. It's been a great conversation. If students are looking to get involved, we um, have a website, a new website that just launched recently. It's communityengagement.northeastern.edu. Um, that all of the programs and the different ways that we work are, are featured there. So I know I've talked a lot, there are a lot of names thrown out. Go to our website and look at them. And then we also have um, our social media handle is at NUEngaged. So if you want to go to that um, to look at some of the more recent stuff that we've been doing, um, there's lots of updates on how we've been engaging with the community, particularly through the pandemic recently. Yeah, and I think anyone who's listening, definitely, definitely go and follow those. Thanks for listening to this episode of Off Campus Chats. To tune in to our other episodes, feel free to visit our Spotify account or our website, which is offcampus.northeastern.edu. And make sure to follow us on our socials at NU Off Campus. Mm -hmm.